and we are back. Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and I am pleased to announce the triumphant return of the awesome Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you doing? Oh, thanks for that introduction. Yeah, I feel really good. I'm excited to be back and talk comics. It's been a good hot minute. Yes, been a few months. And we weren't even sure we were going to do this anymore at all. <laughs> so here we are. We're back. Yeah. After a fairly lengthy hiatus. Um, it's been kind of a like a summer off. Like we're back from summer summer vacation or something, mm-hmm. right? So uh, maybe we can start there. Uh, we've been away. Clearly, a lot of geeky, comic-y type stuff has happened during our our hiatus. Uh, so, yeah, how was your summer? What's uh, what's going on with you? Um, summer was good. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff to do. There was. Um, Enjoying the sun, checking out some cool comic book films, reading up on some comics for once. Excellent. Um, but in all, it was a pretty good summer. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, so technically, our last episode, episode 100 that I recorded with Rainier, we reviewed Endgame. And that was like, you know, the kickoff to summer 2019, yeah. right? So uh, basically an entire summer has come and gone. And, and um, you know, we don't want to get into all the details, but we did see the release of Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, the convention that we love, Silicon Valley Comic Con happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the Joker movie came out. You know, that wasn't really a summer movie, but that did happen while we were <laughs> away. So we can talk about Joker for sure. Um, but we can kind of touch upon all this stuff to a degree. You know, I just wanted to briefly mention Silicon Valley Comic Con because you and I were both there. And um, it was kind of special this year because we participated in the first ever podcast Palooza. Right. Yeah. And um, pretty notable in that we were there and we were live podcasting for the first time ever representing the Comic Sauce podcast. It was a lot of fun and um, it kind of sparked us getting back here. You know, like I said, we weren't even sure if we we're going to continue doing this. But when you and I were there, we were both thinking like it was kind of this un said thing we were just like yeah we, we gotta keep going man <laughs> how we're gonna keep going is sort of tbd um this this show is a bit of a strain on our busy schedules uh so it probably won't be that frequent we're thinking monthly thereabouts maybe we'll do some emergency podcasts if uh, some big stuff goes down uh but um basically we're gonna continue on uh on our own schedule and as interesting things to talk about come up, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but before we get off of SVCC, um, what was it like for you doing that live podcast? We talked like in front of a live audience, right? Uh, that was it. Was definitely fun. It was interesting. Um, 
because you know there were just people kind of just staring at us like yeah like who what are they <laughs> talking about yeah but at the same time it was fun it was um cool just to like talk and geek up about, about what makes comic conventions fun especially specifically silicon valley comic-con yeah and yeah i mean that experience was interesting i was do you remember we had that some guy came on stage and gave us some like coffee candy to give yeah. away to the audience yeah. i was totally <laughs> taken off guard yeah so that was the most notable thing i remember from that <laughs> little fiasco <laughs> definitely notable because you know we're not used to doing a live show uh-huh. right we record it and you know we have the safety net of stopping the recording We've scrapped some recordings entirely. You know, oh, wait, wait, we screwed up. Let's start over. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't an option there, right? And sure enough, yeah, there was a guy who I think was like pretty prominent. I think he was like the guy in charge of Silicon Valley Comic Con. I think he was one of them. Yeah, like uh-huh. like, like like one of the dudes who who, who runs the show. Uh-huh. And like kind of near our our finish, he just comes up to the stage and hands us like a box like a full box of these uh caffeine infused jellies i guess Mm -hmm. we could call them (laughs) um and he's like oh hey uh how about we do a giveaway like completely out of nowhere like this is not planned it was not planned yeah because yeah we were uh, you asked questions and i could not think of a question (laughs) to save my life i was like keep coming back to me come back to me yeah i could not think of a question yeah, he basically threw it on us to do like a little live uh, trivia thing where we would ask questions to the audience. And if you know, the person who raised their hand got it correctly, we would give them some of these like candies. Right. And um, yeah, we were we weren't ready for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think ultimately it went fairly smoothly. It did. But but it kind of highlighted the fact that um, a live podcast is very different than like what we're used to what we're doing now we're just sitting in a room with no audience and having the safety net of of pausing and whatever right so anyhow that was good it was good to have that experience right so we have that under our belt now it's kind of cool we have that we also have the yeah toy expo where we did a panel we didn't do a live podcast but we kind of did too because it was a discussion panel that was just very much like uh, a podcast that we would do but again, in front of a live audience. So, you know, not something we're going to do all the time, but I think it was a good experience for us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on to Spider-Man. Now, I had mentioned Spider-Man Far From Home came out. Uh, we're not going to do like a full-on review episode or anything, but there was big spider-man mcu news that happened after far from home right like big <laughs> like big <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean it's it was a while ago and the dust has settled and everyone's kind of forgotten about it i think but uh you and i are big spider-man fans and mm-hmm. i feel like we will never forget oh the summer God. of 2019 when <laughs> spider-man was ripped from us you know uh, so let's talk about this a bit. Maybe preferably you can just describe the situation a bit and we can talk through it. Yeah, so I forgot when it was. I don't remember if it was, I think it was September, early September. Um, 
Sony and Disney were in negotiations again to talk about like renewing their contract that they had between Spider-Man. Yep. And um, Disney asked for like a higher price because they knew like they were the ones kind of making Spider-Man more profitable. And Sony kind of pulled away. It was like, no, we don't want to. And so because of that, like that deal of Spider-Man being the MCU kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. And everybody freaked out. Like there was even like hashtag boycott Sony. It was trending. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah. Even their stock like went down. That I, I remember uh, that. Yeah. It, everyone was talking about it. Like, everyone was saying like Sony's gonna mess up Spider Man again. <laughs> like with the deal of Andrew Garfield Spider Man. Right. And um. And the weirdest part is like if they were to continue with the Spider Man franchise. Tom Holland was still contracted to do two more Spider-Man films. Mm-hmm. So people were just like, what's going to happen? Like, how is it going to look? Especially since Far From Home left with such a bl- big cliffhanger. Yes. Um, everyone was wondering what Spider-Man's, like, role in the MCU was. Um, whether or not we'll get, like, a crossover of Venom. There's a lot of questions. I probably mm-hmm. can't. I could name them <laughs> to the rest of the night. But, yeah, like, any like anything you want to say? Yeah, this is a good recap. Um, But I did want to highlight the moment when everyone discovered that the negotiations were like dead. And it was just, you know, announced officially that Spider-Man would no longer be in the MCU. You know, it kind of came out of nowhere because my sense is that these kind of negotiations do happen a lot. But behind closed doors, you know, you don't really hear about them in the mainstream media. Uh, But, you know, here's a situation where, like, no one had any idea that there was a problem. Mm -hmm. Like, Endgame had happened. Endgame is the highest grossing movie of all time, period. It's number one now. A ridiculous success which right? you're happy for i think right because oh you, yeah you're you hated avatar so. <laughs> oh that's right yeah don't get me started i'm so happy just to see that list and having endgame in that number one slot slot yeah. above avatar have hallelujah man uh but you know aside from that the whole spider-man thing right um endgame was riding high spider-man far from home was riding high that was a big success that mm-hmm. made a lot more money than even homecoming yeah. it was a it was like a billion dollar gross you know a worldwide hit disney's happy sony's happy the fans are happy right everything's good and no one had any reason to be fearful of anything and then kind of out of nowhere this bombshell just drops spider-man out of the mcu negotiations are dead you know and it was uh, it was pretty shocking, right? Everyone was freaking out. Yeah, everyone was freaking out. Like, what does this mean? And mm. it was kind of messy, like you were saying. It wasn't like a clean break. It was, oh, Tom Holland's actually still on contract. He's going to do some Sony movies as Spider-Man. But they cannot take place in the MCU. There's all this specific wording like, no reference to any of the MCU properties can take place in these movies. And it's just, it, it was a nightmare, mm-hmm. you know? And everyone was wondering 
what was going to happen. Um, yeah, the, the, the thing that got me was that it was specifically worded that negotiations were dead. You know, I'm like, really? You guys can't work this out somehow? Yeah. Um, but in the back of my mind, I felt like, really? You know, like, there's got to be a way because both sides have so much vested. It's a win-win for both sides, both Disney and Sony, to have this continue on. Like, you're throwing away money if you can't get this deal done. And I think that's what ultimately got it done. It was just, okay, both sides are coming off as, like, greedy assholes, and you just got to put your heads together and, you know, you know, compromise a bit and come to a kind of a midway point and it's going to work out for everyone. And that's basically exactly what they did, right? They kind of split the, split it down the middle, uh, came to the midpoint, and um, yeah, hallelujah, Spider-Man is back in the MCU. Um, so all is well for now. Mm-hmm. It's a little disturbing, though, because it's not like forever you know, it's it's like the next um, solo Spider-Man movie will be in the MCU, and they worked out the deal where the percentage uh, of uh, gross will be higher for Disney. Um, but, you know, kind of beyond that, it, the future's a little unknown. So, yeah, it's a little bit scary. It's It's not like the Fox deal. Like, the Fox properties are now Disney's properties, yeah. right? Like the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, Deadpool, Disney's got those locked down. Yeah. You know, the MCU can have all that stuff. But Spider-Man, like, it's still kind of like a rental kind of basis. So we'll see. It's a, a little bit scary, but at least for now we can... We take, can breathe. We, we, can <laughs> breathe. we can breathe again. Exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah, it's been... A while I, I kind of forgot all the, the the details but I think it was something along the lines of Disney was getting five percent of the box office for the solo spider-man movies so home <coughs> homecoming and far from home and they wanted more for good reason you know um, so they wanted 50 percent 50 50 right mm-hmm. even Steven uh, Sony was very resisti- resistant. They wanted to keep it at five, and that that was a problem. Like five percent versus fifty. That's that's, that's, that's a, a big, big that's a big difference. If we're talking <laughs> uh, like a billion dollar movie, it's a huge amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, cooler heads prevailed. I think they they settled on twenty five percent. I think that's the number. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, so it made sense to me. Um, and, you know, I remember, too, just like you were saying, there was a lot of anger and confusion and passion around these news items when they were happening. And I just wanted to weigh in a little. Um, you know, it, it it really shouldn't be us versus them, taking sides, that sort of thing. And ultimately, you know, the the uh, we're all in this together kind of approach prevailed, which is great. Um, but I certainly couldn't help but think 
that Sony was, I don't want to say in the wrong here, but they looked pretty bad. To me, Sony looked pretty bad. I mean, like, that's what everyone thought. Yeah, because mm-hmm. why, why, why do I say this? You know, the whole reason Spider-Man in movies became huge again was the MCU. There's no question. There is no question. Spider-Man, the, the, the movie incarnation of Spider-Man was in huge question after Amazing Spider-Man 2, right? Mm-hmm. And I think people kind of forget that. You know, after Civil War, Homecoming, Endgame, and Far From Home, you know, Spider-Man's at the forefront. Like Everyone is aware of Spider-Man in movies, and, and, and fans love it. You know, I think a lot of people forget after Amazing Spider-Man 2, movie Spider-Man was in the shitter, you know, like <laughs> like Sony executives didn't know what the hell to do. Right. So I would argue that MCU, the MCU, or maybe specifically Kevin Feige, saved Spider-Man in the movies. Right. He inserted Spider-Man into Civil War And it was like a breath of fresh air. You know, Spider-Man's back. They're doing it right. And, um, you know, we all know know the story from there. Um, So Sony was taking this stance of like, oh, well, we own Spider-Man. And we we just had a, a billion dollar movie with Far From Home. So, you know, we own... The rights we could do, we get to do whatever the hell we want, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just a bad look, you know. Like it, Sony was not the reason Spider-Man came back to prominence in movies. It was the MCU. So, I mean, both sides seemed like gre- greedy, rich a holes. But I felt like Sony was like they looked even worse because. Yeah, both sides are greedy and rich, and they kind of don't need like that much money. But at least on the MCU side, they they kind of earned it, right? They they really they were the ones to make Spider Man cool again in movies, right? So I just wanted to point that out. Again, it's been a while, so I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten this tragedy. Um, but. Uh, I will not forget, and I I will remember really hating on Sony at this time, uh, during this time period, mm-hmm. and I just I just want to call that out because, like, that that didn't set, that didn't sit well with me at all. I'm like these guys, like these are the people who put the crappy Amazing Spider-Man movies out, and they are in no position to like be asking for more money and for like to to be like shoving their weight around, right, like. You know, all, all the, the Sony people's names are on the credits in Homecoming and Far From Home, Far, Far From Home but they're not the ones who, who, who really, like, made the magic happen with, with like, the uh, current MCU Spider-Man. Well, I will say, though, Sony did make a good Spider-Man. They made it into the Spider-Verse. That is a great point. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up because... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't want to like totally shit on Sony. Sony also 
was 100% responsible for what I think is the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time, Spider-Man 1. And, you know, there was no MCU at that time. So Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, and hell yeah, Into the Spider-Verse also are, are absolutely phenomenal. And, um, you know, I'm not saying all together outright <laughs> Sony is, is like the devil or something. Um, but I just wanted to call out mm-hmm. some of some of my gripes here. Okay. Yeah. Any other thoughts on, uh, on, on this fiasco? I'm just kind of interested in seeing how the, this is going to play out in the future. Like, because now I've heard, like, rumors that, like, they're kind of more lenient about the whole like Spider-Man existing in both Sony and the MCU and whether or not they'll hint in Spider-Man and Venom 2. Because mm. um, that would be awesome because, yeah, there's like a lot that they could do with that. And Venom also existing in the MCU, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, j- I'm just kind of interested in like seeing how like Spider-Man fits in creating new projects for both films yeah oh that's interesting that's an interesting point because yeah i would be okay with some more leniency if it means spider-man can stay in the mcu if if spider-man can stay in the mcu then i'm like okay venom verse you sony can kind of do what they want if it means you can keep spider-man in the mcu yeah, right that's the bottom line <laughs> yeah that really is the bottom line um so yeah yeah I, I you know like a perfect example is the venom movie right the venom movie came out and it was a different kind of movie <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> schlocky and ridiculous and silly um and I think a lot of folks, myself included, were thinking, oh, man, is this going to kind of taint the MCU Spider-Man? And it really didn't. It was just a different thing. And, yeah, like, okay, that's cool. You know, if Sony wants to do that stuff, uh, you know, more power to you. Uh, just make sure you keep Spidey in the MCU. <laughs> that's all we ask. Mm-hmm. As fans, that's all we ask, right? <laughs> and that was the big sentiment right the fans were getting screwed right no one no one wins if spider-man is out of the mcu sony loses a huge opportunity disney loses a huge opportunity and the fans sure as hell lose out big time yeah right so anyhow hallelujah everything is good at the moment we got spidey back yeah (laughs) we got him back yes yes okay so what else? We talked about Joker a bit. Oh, yeah. but you know what? Before we could talk about Joker, um, there is a timeliness of today's episode. Today is Sunday, November 10th. What does that mean? What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. Because in just two days... I mean, right now it's Sunday night. We're talking like 24 hours practically, uh-huh. right? The dropping of Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? So um, this is pretty big, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on Disney Plus? We're days away. I I totally forgot about it, but I am totally on board to get it, like, 
freaking Disney. Take my money. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah, I'm excited for Disney Plus. I'm excited for all the projects that are coming out of out of it. Um, the Mandalorian. It's gonna yeah. be like the first big Disney Plus project coming out of it. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the other MCU projects like um, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, Loki, which I heard like all those Disney Plus shows connect to straight with the movies. So that's right. You have to watch those to understand what's going on in the movies. <laughs> Freaking Disney's playing smart and making sure that you you get your money's worth yeah well i don't think you have to but for us i think you kind of have to right (laughs) yeah um but i i mean there's like this like bundle deal where you could get disney plus and hulu so i feel like it's a win-win you know there you go although it sounds like you have not signed up yet is that correct happened i like i said that's why when you were saying like what day it is i'm like what day is it <laughs> you're like what are you talking about yeah yeah i have not have you i have yeah oh, wow. so a while back there was this deal where if you committed for three years you would get a really good price so i i went in on that deal so i'm locked in man <laughs> i'm locked in for at least three years of disney plus and um yeah i'm pretty excited now, there is a glaring absence on release day, November 12th. There is no new Marvel content happening on release day. This might be a good reason for you to hold out a bit because um, that's the property that I'm most excited about. And there's actually not going to be any Marvel stuff until like, like a year, a year from now? Yeah, yeah. I think Cap, uh, Winter Soldier and um, Falcon are the first MCU project to come right, out of it. Right, right. And it's like, yeah, like a year from now. Yeah, like in the spring, I think. Yeah. And that kind of sucks. No, that really sucks, man. <laughs> so I'm kind of annoyed by that. Um, yeah, if if I didn't do that, uh, that three-year deal, which was a really good deal. That's why I did it. Um, if I hadn't done that, I probably would wait uh, before Falcon and Winter Soldier came out. Um, but as it is, I'm in, and, you know, on release day, The Mandalorian comes out. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I have, I, like, predict, like, because some people I feel like are going to sign up for this, I, it's going to, like, crash the first day. <laughs> That's what I predict. Yeah, I mean, there could be some issues with bandwidth and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So basically, is it is it like kind of like Netflix? Like you could just go on Google Chrome and go watch a Disney Plus on a browser, or is it an app? Or I think it's all these things. It's an app. Okay. You can watch it through a browser, and importantly, yes, it can be Chromecasted. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of good options there, and um, unlike Netflix, I don't think. They uh, drop entire seasons at once. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I heard they're going to do a weekly thing like Hulu does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't the worst thing. No. Because uh, then you binge watch and then you have to wait a year. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you forget everything that happened yeah. and all that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, anyhow, that's uh, pretty exciting. I know, and you in particular, I know 
Marvel and Star Wars are really the top of the list for you, so mm-hmm. I figured you'd be pretty excited. I mean, you I mean Simon can watch Disney Plus. Right? Yeah, that, and that's a big reason why I went all in on this is the family content. Yeah. Right. So I noted mentally on release day. Not only does the Mandalorian come out, but Lady and the Tramp drops on Tuesday oh, too. Really? <laughs> yeah. That looks and so weird. I saw the trailer to that and it looks so weird. I mean it's uh it's something else, you know? <laughs> like but I'm looking forward to it because of the the animal CGI technology they have now. It's pretty amazing. Like I saw the Lion King and I was pretty blown away by it. Just the the technical achievement of it was uh, very impressive. And from the trailer I watched for Lady and the Tramp, it seems like um, that movie is along the same lines. Uh, So, yeah, like I know uh, talking animal movies are kind of kids territory. Uh, but uh, the technology is really improved, and I think they can do a lot of cool new things with it. And, you know, like you had alluded to, um, with my son, um, I can watch this stuff together with him. Yeah. Not just Lady and the Tramp, but like a whole slew of Disney programming. And um, I think uh, there will be a lot of family bonding over over Disney+, Plus. so, you know. Yeah, I don't think... You very can, cool. You can't watch, like... Daredevil or any of those, right? Because that's yeah. the Netflix owned, right? Yeah, yeah. So that won't be there. And in fact, there will be no rated R content at all on Disney Plus. It will not go beyond PG thirteen. Wow. Yeah. So um, safe for family viewing, but also at the same time, yeah. This is maybe good to bring up briefly. Um, there's not going to be anything edgy, violent, anything that pushes the envelope, really. Um, you know, we're not going to see the stuff that we saw on Marvel Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Even the Moon Knight show. They, they've they announced a Moon Knight show on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. But that's not going to be ultraviolent, which, you know, I'm just stoked that there's going to be a Moon Knight show, period. Well, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that kind of sucks, right? Like, Moon Knight in the comics is really violent. It he is, yeah. yeah. He's like Punisher level. Yeah, yeah. And it, a Moon Knight show or Moon Knight movie really should be ultraviolent, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's I'm a little torn because on one hand, yeah, I'm just super happy that there's going to be a Moon Knight show, but, yeah, it'd be nice if it was like rated R content. You can't have it all. Can't have it all. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Nowadays... You kind of can have it all. Like <laughs> some of the stuff that we're getting is like, wow, it's like uh-huh. a dream come true, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a good segue. You know, rated R superhero content because the Joker movie came out, and that was definitely a rated R movie. That was also a big success. A huge success. Biggest, I think. Not only opening, but I think like biggest like long, um, like gross film for rated R. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the overall mm-hmm. box office. Yeah. yeah, just completely taking the world by storm. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, let's get into a let's get into it a bit. You know, 
Um, this is a, this came out a little while ago now, but um, let's definitely um, dive in a bit. So uh, you saw this movie in the theaters, yeah? I did, yes. Yeah. What are your? Uh... Oh, first of all, let's give a little spoiler alert. Um, in case you haven't seen it, might not want to listen in. Now we're gonna <laughs> kind of be uh, open and discussing yeah. plot points and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So spoiler alert. Uh, so yeah, what was your experience like watching Joker? I liked it. It was. I always say this to everyone who asks me about Joker. I would say it's like a bad drug, because okay. you you can't help but agree up a lot of stuff that Joker says. Because uh, the, the movie talks on so many like social issues, like about mm-hmm. like mental health, classism, um, poverty, and all this stuff. So you can't yeah. help but agree with him. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Joker's a freaking psychotic murderer like yeah yeah so you're just like uh like i can't help but root for this guy Mm -hmm. like he speaks the truth but he's a bad guy that's why bad really fights him (laughs) yeah yeah i just i agree basically entirely you know it's uh, a really well-made movie it's a really good movie yeah Mm -hmm. and um yeah like the the topics and themes it touches upon are important and should be amplified you know people should be aware of of these terrible things happening in this country and the movie definitely highlights a lot of this stuff all the stuff you just mentioned right um but i feel the same way you know i can't really get behind this movie 100% because the the main character is just a terrible person, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's complicated, right? <laughs> it's kind of complicated. On one hand, you really admire the film, and I would go further to say, like, I hope there are more of these kind of movies coming out, right? Um, because it shouldn't be like these mindless popcorn movies all the time right i think it's pretty cool too that dc put this movie out right because they have put out a bunch of these mindless popcorn kind of movies you know we're talking justice league bvs aquaman you know um so i think it's pretty cool that dc has put out a movie like this that really uh was pretty risky Mm-hmm. and dangerous and um it didn't pull any punches at all you know um so i mean i'm kind of rambling here a bit but like what are your thoughts about like maybe you can go a little further with with your thought on like you know the the main character being just a terrible person like like I'm gonna go a little I, more on I, that. I think I could. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen the movie, but I think I could. Um, yeah, Joker. Like he's, you know, in the beginning, you you think of him as strange. He just has like these like random like laughing outbursts and everything, and yeah. he just can't really like talk with a person. He's just so, so socially awkward. Yeah, and you think he's weird and everything, but then like once you get to understand him you understand, like, why he is the person he is. Like, the childhood upbringing he had, um, the way his mother kind of, like, brainwashed him and 
put him not in the healthiest like situation as a kid. Yep. And um, so you just can't help but be like, oh well, yeah, that sucks. Like I, I, I feel for him and everything. And even some of the stuff he says, like when he was on that, on that show about like, um, like how he's saying like people don't like him don't get stepped on all the time. Yeah. And so it just talks about so many issues and everything. You just can't help it, like, kind of put yourself into it. Because mm-hmm. you, as a common person, you're just like, okay, I can relate to it and everything. But then he just goes, takes a step further. And it's kind of like that, the Joker um, comic, um, the killing joke. Like, it just takes that one bad day yeah. to kind of, like, just snap. Right. And, um, yeah, I, ha- I was... I think it's interesting also that a lot of people will give praise to like, oh, yeah, the Joker's like, he, I'm the Joker and everything. And it's, I think it's kind of creepy when people say that. Yeah. Because it just shows that people have a dark side. Yeah. And they just need like that breaking point to reach that dark side. Yeah. Um, but I also think that like people are more accepting of Joker, like the character, just because he's like, white honestly mm. i feel like if it was like a person of color people would label him a, a terrorist or something uh, or extremist interesting point and yeah. i i mean i had so many thoughts behind it uh, yeah i'm not gonna bash on the movie itself because i think it's a freaking amazing movie you should mm. watch it if you haven't seen it but i just can't help but think of all these other things like what if this happened what if this happened because like i mean like so many so many numerous times during the movie joker is interacting with like these like black women like there's a time where he's interacting with the black woman on the bus his neighbor his social worker and he's just not like they're all like pivotal scenes but they're just like not like he he doesn't understand them he can't understand them and it just shows that like maybe that i don't know that people of color can't understand and relate to the joker and his ideas because if they were to do it like it wouldn't be seen the same way as the way he took it upon these issues and everything. Uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Sorry, sure. I went deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you went pretty deep there. Um, but it brings a lot. Uh, it brings to light a lot of stuff that has come up. You know about this movie. You know, even before the movie came out, there were some questions about. You know, is this movie going to kind of glamorize these this uh yeah well no no uh well this villain yeah the Mm -hmm. joker character but um more scary than that is the fact that oh would would this movie sort of uh highlight and glamorize these uh lone wolf uh uh, mass shooter gunmen Mm -hmm. in this country right Mm -hmm. yeah um and I certainly had that in mind when I went to go see this movie. I was wondering, like, oh, man, is this going to, like, glorify those people? And is it going to incite people, you know, to do more of these shootings? Like, that's the last thing we need in America, right? More mass shootings. I know, because, I mean, like, before the movie even came out, there was so much, like, security at the movie theaters because of it, like what you were saying. 
that's a great point, you know. Um, yeah, uh, just real quick, when I went to see this movie, I went uh, to the Alamo Draft, ho- Draft House, which I often go to, and uh, for the first time ever, you know, I've seen a lot of movies there, first time ever, there was an armed policeman oh, really? standing out front of the mm-hmm. theater. Yeah. Yeah, now that, now that you mention it, I do remember when I went to go watch the movie, two police people came in in the beginning of the film, like just standing at the doorway. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is for real. You know, there there was a real uh, threat, I guess you could say. P- people were a little bit on edge, you know, and there was a police presence. And um, it was, I felt like it was kind of presence that was like they wanted you to know they were there. So if you're thinking of pulling anything, like, you know, there would be police there, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so a little bit unnerving, um, but I 100% don't think that this movie glorifies lone wolf gunmen. I 100% don't think it will incite uh, mass shootings at all, like period. Um I've never bought into that anyway. Like, I don't think any video game or movie or TV show is going to cause kids to, like, shoot each other. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't believe that. It's other stuff. Like, that. That that's just, like, surface-level stuff. You know, like, the Columbine shooters were, like, like, it came out that they listened to Marilyn Manson and they played, like, first-person shooter video games. So all of a sudden, those were, like in question like or oh, should our sh- kids be listening to this music or should our kids be playing yeah. these games and like mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with it you know it just they just happen to be doing those things if they weren't listening to Marin- Marilyn Matheson they'd be listening to something else mm-hmm. and if it came out like uh next year some mass shooter it turned out he watched the Joker movie like i i would 100% believe like that had nothing to do with him shooting people it was just like he happened to watch it if it wasn't that movie he would have watched some other movie right mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm kind of <laughs> going on a tangent here. <laughs> but that I, I totally I, I walked away from it thinking um, this movie is is not inappropriate. Like that, that was another big question. Like, is this movie appropriate to release right now in the current culture of mass shooters mm-hmm. and um, and the, the rise of like diverse and inclusive movies like is this the right movie to be releasing at this moment um i absolutely think it's appropriate and uh, i hope to see more movies like this you know the like big studios should be putting up putting out content like this absolutely and um i wanted to add that yes i do think it was a really well-made movie it's relevant the 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 subject matter is super relevant right now. It, it's a period piece, but all of the stuff uh, th- that it covers is is totally relevant for our current time. And I really wanted to highlight this. It is extraordinarily acted by Joaquin Phoenix. His performance is simply amazing. He is so good in this movie. He is really good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah you're in agreement. Like, I think... Um, Better than Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least yeah i would put him up there with heath ledger yeah you know i think a lot of people are kind of comparing the two i i think i'd give it a tie uh, between the two both are really phenomenal performances in different ways um but uh 
the performance by Joaquin Phoenix in this movie is so great that I, that alone is a reason to watch the movie. Just go see this performance. It's just something else, man. Mm-hmm. Like th- that that weird, like uncontrollable laugh he has in the movie. I don't know how he did it because you can you can feel his pain. Like it's a they explain it as a as a condition he has. Yeah. Right. And um, when he laughs, he's not laughing because he's happy or or he's having a good time. Usually, at least, I think there's some moments near the end of the movie where it's kind of like that. But most of his laughing in the movie, he's laughing in pain. And for him to laugh, and yet you can see the pain like in his eyes, it's really something <laughs> I've never seen before. It's just like a lot of times actors get flack for like having an easy job. Like they complain about like, oh, my craft is so difficult. And like most of us roll our eyes, you know, Um, but you want to see a legit awesome performance like this is this is one of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what else can we say? I think I want to go back a little bit about like the lead character being really evil. Like I think ultimately that is why. I just can't like a hundred percent like be behind this movie. You know, this movie isn't like for me exactly. Um, it just feels a little odd, you know, like, like for example, you could buy a Joker Halloween costume at Walmart for your kid. Mm-hmm. Right. You can do that. And then to see what the Joker character does in this movie, like it's just, that's just an odd thing to me. You know, like if my son came up to me and said, hey, I want to be the Joker for Halloween next year. First of all, it's DC. I'd be like, no. <laughs> no but, but, but that aside, I, I would be a little weirded out because like, because of this movie, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I mean, maybe if it's like, I don't know, the Jack Nicholson Joker suit, that'd be one thing. But if it's like the Joaquin Phoenix joker costume and he wants to wear it like i I don't think i'd let him wear it man i'd be like no that's just that's like no (laughs) i mean that was a popular costume this year in halloween oh yeah is that right yeah watch i wouldn't be surprised next year in comic con that's gonna be the Mm. costume to wear see that like never mind kids but like yeah even like myself like let's say i wanted to cosplay at a convention i would not i would not dress as this Joker? No way. Like, it, it just, yeah, it, it's, it's just a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, part of part of it is I feel like with um, this genre, you know, comic book adaptations, the appeal really is seeing yourself in the characters, right? You know, we, we always talk about the relatability of, MCU mm-hmm. superheroes, you know, like, oh, when Tony Stark problem solves and he figures out how to get, how to get out of situations, how to get out of that cave, you know, yeah. with his Mark One suit, you could, you know, a huge excitement of of that was like, oh, like I'm put, I I would put myself in his shoes, like, oh yeah, like, like, you know, 
he's just a regular guy and he's, he's just super resourceful, you know, yeah. and like, how would I like do that? And, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of other characters in, in, in that universe are, are relatable and you can see yourselves in these characters and like, it, it's like a good feeling, right? Yeah. You're like, Oh yeah, I am Spider-Man. I'm, I'm just like Spider-Man. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's got, he's got like real, real world, problems that uh, the regular person has and and it's a good feeling it's like oh yeah i'm a superhero too because i i deal with the same stuff that he does right yeah but with joker it's like the opposite right you can kind of see yourself in the joker character but it's like a bad feeling right it's like it, oh yeah. like i could end up like this guy yeah. right <laughs> and uh definitely yeah. like part of it makes the movie really good because like there are I would catch glimpses of myself like, oh, like I, I kind of think that way or I kind of go into dark places in my mind sometimes and I, like, I feel like the Joker sometimes, right? And it, 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 kind of, it kind of like lays it out like, oh, well, if certain circumstances happen, you could go down this dark path. Like let's say you're on medication, but then, uh, or you're on medication and you're getting counseling, right? But then like the counseling they're out of funding so they you can't get that anymore and then you're out of money you can't get the medication anymore and then oh when your coworker happens to have a gun and he lets you borrow it because uh uh because the it's dangerous you know your, your walk home is dangerous you know um you could walk down this dark path and you're like yeah you are (laughs) talking this extreme dark path right Right. (laughs) yeah and like as much as like you could live in the fantasy of like oh i can be tony stark too like on the flip side oh you could be the joker as well right and that's not such a good feeling right like you don't want to really embrace that at least i hope you wouldn't want to embrace it you know um so yeah it's kind of a weird feeling um i can't help but really admire this film but uh it's very unsettling to say the least, <laughs> right? Mm. Um, any other thoughts on Joker before we move on? I'm interested to see if, like, with the big success with the movie, of whether or not they'll make a sequel. Like, I w- was having this talk with Christian about, like, whether or not, like, if this Joaquin Phoenix's Joker would actually be able to fight, like, Robert Pattinson's Batman. Right. How would that play out? Because I mean, Batman is in the movie. That's right. So yeah, as as a boy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, like, how that would, if that makes sense. Like, if this Joker can actually, like, cause, I mean, Heath Ledger's Joker. Obviously, he went up against um, Christian Bale's Batman. Yes. So this one, would he be the Joker to take down the Batman? Mm-hmm. Um. Because honestly, like, even though he is the Joker, I didn't see him as, like, the Batman's Joker. I kind of saw him as his own, like, little version in this his own little universe that didn't include, like, Superman and the rest of the DC universe and everything. So Right. Um, I'm interested in seeing what happens with the success of this movie, whether or not it's going to be a standalone or they create something else with it. Yeah, it'll be interesting interesting to see because no one foresaw the box office success of this movie 
And since it's made so much money, you know that DC and Warner Brothers are really pushing for some sort of follow-up, whether yeah. it's a sequel to The Joker or Joaquin Phoenix appearing again as Joker in a Batman movie, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't think it was ever meant to have a follow-up. I think I heard some yeah. interviews where yeah, Todd Phillips was like, this is just meant to be standalone. Yeah, I think originally it's, it was supposed to be standalone, but like you just said, like with the success, nobody thought it was going to be this successful. Yeah. So obviously, like Sony and Disney, money talks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, I hope there isn't a follow-up. I hope this just stays a standalone thing forever. Um, yeah, because I could see if they did a sequel or if they had Joaquin Phoenix play Joker in a Batman movie, it could become like comic booky, more comic booky, and I don't know. It could be bad. <laughs> I think it would be a bad move. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. My understanding is that Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix himself have no interest in revisiting this character at all. Well, Joaquin Phoenix actually did say he would be interested in playing it again. Really? Yeah, I think at first he was against it. Okay, that's what I'd heard. But then it wasn't like a week ago. Like a week ago, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix said that he would actually be interested in playing the role again. He probably got... If, if If the story fit. He probably got a job offer and it was like an astronomical paycheck (laughs) and he was like ah maybe i could do this (laughs) yeah uh so oh that's interesting okay so hey maybe this will happen but yeah tom phillips is still i think he's still on the record saying that like this is still a standalone film okay gotcha okay well we shall see Mm -hmm. okay for now i mean we've gone on for a while but um there's something that i definitely wanted to talk about and that is uh, the recent news of Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese, the legendary filmmaker, has made some comments about superhero movies, specifically Marvel movies. And um, this has become pretty big news. Uh, so let's definitely talk about it. I definitely wanted to talk about it because... Um, I kind of have strong feelings on both sides. I am a huge comic book guy. I'm also a big film guy. So um, I have uh, I kind of have a stake in both camps here. So I was a little bit torn, but we'll get into it. Basically what happened was in an interview, Scorsese made a comment that Marvel movies are not cinema. And he likened them to theme parks. And uh, when word got out on this, uh, let's say there was a lot of nerd rage. Yeah? Yeah. A lot of geeks were quite unhappy. And... um, There was a follow-up, too. Scorsese kind of doubled down on his comments. And um, he went on to talk about uh, cinema being an art form. And he mentioned a lot of filmmakers like Ingmar Bergman, Alfred Hitchcock, Jean-Luc Godard, 
and Sam Fuller, and he really kind of further distanced superhero movies from quote-unquote art films, what he's calling cinema, right? Um, so, I don't know, you want to weigh in here, Perfil? <laughs> what, what, are your, what were your thoughts when you first heard all this stuff? I mean, I... I it was like just for me like a big eye roll. I, I was thinking again <laughs> of like um, Bill Murray. Oh, you mean uh, uh, Bill Maher? Bill Maher. Yeah. His comments how he said earlier. I think it was was it this year about like. I think um, it was last year. About yeah, like comic book fans being stupid for watching these films and everything. Yeah, and it was like right after Stanley passed away. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um. I was kind of, like, in that same boat. I was like, oh, this is just exhausting. Like, uh, I mean, comic book films are, it's like, you know, same thing I feel like with comics literature, people are saying, like, it's for kids. It's not, like, real literature or anything. Um, just because it's, like, so colorful and everything mm-hmm. and so bright. But at the same time, like, it's so impactful that you know there's so much like relatability so much like imagination that goes into the thought process and everything and i feel like most marvel movies do that not i wouldn't say all of them but most of them do like um i don't know like there's like civil war that has like this like whole like political discussion that people talk i i talk about about Mm -hmm. like um like how much government interaction with like power and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the Spider-Man films, we've talked about them about like that relatability that makes you want to be the better, best person that you can be, especially into the spider verse. It really did an extraordinary job with that. Um, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, like it's, not not all superhero films are like quote unquote like the best. They were like what you were saying earlier about like with Aquaman and BVS just popcorn movies. Yeah. But like how we were saying like this past few minutes about Joker, how there's like these other movies that are freaking awesome and have all this discussion about like social issues and just you could talk hours and hours about. And that's those are the kind of films I think that um are worth talking about yeah that's a great point a lot of great points but you mentioned how it's kind of short-sighted to say that all superhero movies are mindless entertainment and it's funny we just talked about joker number one the joker movie was heavily influenced by martin scorsese movies uh most notably Taxi Driver, and The King of Comedy. But number two, you know, like, when he, when he's talking about, uh, you know, these comic book movies not being cinema or not being artful, you know, it, the, the Joker is that kind of movie, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not like mindless entertainment, right? So that is just, that's just kind of ironic you know that that uh that right around the time he made these comments 
that movie came out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the only one. You know, he specifically he called out Marvel movies, so I guess we shouldn't like incorporate Joker in the mix here. But even just like look at the movies of the MCU, like you're saying, they're not all completely just uh, uh, dumbed down blockbuster entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but before I go too much deeper there, I did want to, you know, give Scorsese props. You know, a lot of people are saying this too. A lot of people are saying, like, if there's like, if there's an authority on this, this is the guy, right? Mm-hmm. If there's anyone else, it'd just be bullshit. But Martin Scorsese is saying this, and we should listen to what he has to say. And there's a lot of validity to that sentiment, I think, because Martin Scorsese is a genius. And I love his movies. Um, yeah, he, he has an amazing body of work. Um, but in particular, Taxi Driver and Goodfellas, I think, are just outright masterpieces. Um, I would give huge sh- shout-outs to Mean Streets, Raging Bull, Cape Fear, and The Departed. I think those are all really great also. I'm really looking forward to his new movie, The Irishman. And um, yeah, I can't say enough about Scorsese as a filmmaker. Now, before I go on, I'm curious, have you, Porfirio, seen any Martin Scorsese movies? And I I listed those directors before. Have you seen any of their movies at all? Do you recognize any of those names? just kind of Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Love That's his it. works. There you go. There you go. Um, but you're like basically not familiar with Scorsese's movies at all. The only one I'm really kind of familiar with is The Departed. I didn't like that movie at all. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, but I have not had the uh, the chance to check out Taxi Driver Goodfellas, but I it's definitely on my watch list. Okay. I'll get around to it. Taxi Driver might be a good one for you to watch because you've seen Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it sounds like when you heard this, you were probably like, what? Who is this guy? Why is he talking shit about Marvel movies? Like, forget Uh this dude. Right. Okay. (laughs) And that's understandable. Um, Just because, yeah, you haven't seen his movies. Right. But I have. And, um, yeah, I, I totally support his work. I support his message, too. You know, I think... The way he he put it out there wasn't the best way to do it, but the message itself is really powerful, and I 100% support it. And what is his message exactly? His message isn't shitting on Marvel movies. The message is not Marvel is not cinema. That's that's like not what he wanted to say. What he wanted to say is going to the movies isn't just about going on a roller coaster ride. You know, there are a lot of other great movie experiences to be had. That's why he enlisted all these other filmmakers. Um, but he really wanted to uplift independent films and original content movies and art movies. And that message, I, I 100% support. I'm like, you know, those kind of movies are kind of dying out, right? Because... Um, like when you go to the movie theaters, it's all like special effects movies, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's that I, that's where he's coming from. He's like, oh, like when I go to you go to look at the list of what's what's showing at any given movie theater at a time, 
uh, when you go to the movies and it's you know it's all superhero movies special effects etc cetera, etc cetera. blockbuster mindless popcorn movies is the way you would right that, that that's what we've been <laughs> you know saying on and on today um and he just wants you know the movies that he's most interested in seeing to 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 be made and shown more right and, and that's 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 great and the, the big problem i think is the way he went about it he's just he's 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 bashing marvel and um number one like i just don't think that's a great approach and um number two like well, we we know how geeks are <laughs> <laughs> the, the, and that's why this has been like such a hot topic right because people are getting angry like, like, who is this guy? Like, kind of what we're saying with your reaction. Like, who is yeah. this guy? Why is he, like, talking shit about the movies that I love? Like, screw this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think his approach um, could be better. And I think right now he just, he kind of needs to shut up. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> like, like, that's enough. Like, when he, when he, when he, like, doubled down and he, like, um, spoke out again, he, he, I thought he really came off poorly. You know, he listed all these these names. Like, like I, I am familiar with these filmmakers. Like, I studied film in college and stuff. Um, and I do, like, um, celebrate, like, a lot of these movies he's, he, he's wanting to uplift. But to the average person, even a big moviegoer like you, Perfurio, you're, you're not, like, that familiar with this stuff. Like, he just comes off as, like, a pretentious a-hole. You know, like, he's like, oh, okay, Mr. Smarty Pants. Like, okay, you listed off all these obscure names. You're like a total snob. You don't, you're not, like, in touch with the regular movie fan, uh-huh. right? They screw this guy. You know, th- that's, like, the reaction of most people, I think. And um, I totally understand that reaction. Like, I-, I love this guy's movies. And even I'm like, dude, like, just shut up, man. Like, <laughs> you're, you're just, this, you got to calm down. Like, you're, you're going you're gonna to get everyone, like, against you, you know? So, yeah, I think that's 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 what I got here. Um, and, oh, I did want to bring this up, too. Like, he he's kind of, he's kind of doing what, a lot of people are doing nowadays and that's creating an us versus them mentality Mm -hmm. right dividing people on stuff like this is the last thing we need we don't want more stuff to be divided on right now it's it's superhero movies versus cinema right superhero movies is cinema period there's a reason why they call it the mcu the marvel (laughs) cinematic universe right and man like i love classic movies and i love studying the art of film but like i hate like the snobbery of it like oh like these kind of movies aren't art these movies are art you know that's bullshit it's all art man Mm -hmm. and to like to like say that marvel movies aren't cinema to to say they're not art that's bullshit dude like that that that's that that's like pretentious bullshit okay uh, but the point i wanted to make was you know uh there are movies that are kind of both like i i would i would argue like all, all this stuff you know movies like uh, i go back to the crew you know the the people lighting scenes or like 
um, editing, behind the scenes people, like they're working hard, man. You're, you're kind of like, you're kind of like um, disrespecting them by saying, oh, if you worked on this movie, oh yeah, oh yeah, you're creating art. But if you worked on that movie, no, that's not art. Like it's, that's like bullshit, dude. Um, but if you want to break it down and like, and like be a little bit more explicit about it, um, like there are movies that I feel like are clearly in both camps like you can appreciate them as art and you can appreciate them as you know like escapist entertainment right and those are those are like my favorite movies of all time so the the films of quentin tarantino and edgar wright i think are like are both you get both of these they are like they, they they're the fun of superhero movies but they're also like the artfulness of what Scorsese is calling cinema, right? I, I guess. You guess. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other discussion. It's a whole other discussion for those, for those directors. Movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and and both of those directors have directed a lot of movies, and like, okay, some of them, like, you know, like Tarantino's last movie, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, that's not. That's not exactly like much of a. a a straight up like entertainment movie mm-hmm. it's a little bit more on the artful side i'd say but just just generally speaking look at a, a movie like pulp fiction like i think that's a great example because it's it's very um it, it's very uh creative and artful but super entertaining yeah right um and even, even more so edgar wright like i think his stuff like it, all his movies are super entertaining, and they're all infused with with a with with a keen eye on, on the art of yes, cinema. You know, mm-hmm. um, so to me, like those films, the films of of these two directors, it, it, they really highlight the fact that um, it's not like these movies and those movies, and that's it. No, um, like you can bridge the gap. And ultimately, I would say there is no gap. Like, it's all movies. It's all cinema, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you need an explicit uh, example of how a movie can be both, then, yeah, check out these guys' movies, man. I'm <laughs> telling you. Okay. So um, we're running a little long now. So I think we can start getting to wrap-up time. Um, any last thoughts on the MCU not cinema or anything else we talked about. Any anything else you want to close on, Perfurio? I need to sign up for Disney Plus. <laughs> that's <laughs> that, that, that's the big takeaway here. Like, oh shit! Like this is this is like uh, going down real soon. Yeah. You need to get on it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, looking ahead, um, I'm thinking Mandalorian recaps might be in our future. Could be Star Wars coming up. Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of Star Wars talk, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Mandalorian in Episode 9. Um, that's pretty much it. And, then, I mean, we just need, like, a year-end review. Of- that's right. Actually, I'm thinking that'll be our next episode. Yeah. Next month is December, mm-hmm. and um, that's the time to do it, right? Yes. So <laughs> uh, start thinking of your lists and the worst the bad yeah yeah and it'll probably be like episode nine won't have come out yet Mm -mm. 
So it'll be one of those things. will be like, here's my list, but there is Star Wars that might might uh, have a crack at best movie of the year. Movie of the year. Um, but uh, do you have high we'll hopes see. for that one? I mean, were you? I forgot. I don't know if I ever asked you. Were you a fan of the Last Jedi or? I was. Yeah, I enjoyed that one very much and i did like it more than the force awakens oh wow yeah 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 i know we've we've talked about this we're kind of flip-flopped on those two i think yeah we probably have i just don't remember <laughs> yeah uh-huh. um but uh, i gotta be honest in uh the current age of the mcu um, my passion for star wars is a little bit less than it used to be mm-hmm. Um, I'm still very much looking forward to episode nine. Um, but for example, I think I was, in terms of anticipation level, I was looking uh, forward to Endgame more than episode nine easily. For sure. For sure. <laughs> but I would also say uh, I was looking forward to Spider-Man Far From Home more than I am looking forward to episode nine right now. I can agree. Oh yeah, okay. Well, you're a big Spider-Man guy too, so um, I could say yeah. I was looking more forward to Godzilla than Episode Nine. Really? Okay, so oh wow, you, so your Star Wars excitement is kind of like down too. It's pretty. I bought my ticket already, but I'm just like, uh, I'll I I'll watch it. Like none of the trailers have honestly hyped me up or anything. Oh but, okay. Uh-huh. Oh, so you're like me. Yeah, I'm kind of in that same camp too. Uh-huh. So that might be good to go in with kind of low expectations. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm super curious then to see what happens. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Porfirio and Henry. <laughs>